0: Hello. Welcome back to the Love Your Mom Life podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to today's guest because... I definitely feel sometimes like I'm screwing up my kids when I lose my patience and yell at them. And I am so relieved to know there's a parenting expert out there who assures us this is not the case. Before we meet her, just a couple of reminders. Be sure to hit that plus or check mark button in your podcast app to officially follow this podcast. And if you like this episode, please share it with another mom. And super important. Make sure you are following me on Instagram. My handle is at Nikki Odin. I'm working on something super duper cool. And if you're a mom in network marketing, you're going to want to hear about it. And I want to hear from you. So be sure to follow me and send me a direct message on Instagram to tell me more about what you do. And now let's meet our guest. Today's guest is a parenting coach and author of the Positive Parenting Framework. She helps moms get their kids to listen without yelling, threats, or bribes. Specifically, she loves helping moms who are using or trying to use positive parenting strategies but still find themselves slipping into yelling, threats, coercion, and other tactics they're not proud of. She helps them align how they actually parent with how they want to parent. Connect with her on Instagram at with Lindsay or on her website, ParentingWithLindsay.com. I'm
1: thrilled she's here. Welcome to the show, Lindsay Ford. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh,
0: I'm so excited you're here because I have like a thousand questions about how to parent (laughs) without yelling. I mean, I okay, I, I will say I do try very hard. Like I, I don't go to yelling immediately, even when I want to, because I I've read somewhere that when we yell at our kids, we kind of put them in fight or flight and then they can't respond the way we want them to anyway. So I try really hard, but I mean, I I just, I lose it sometimes. So I want to start with, you know, how did you go from, I'm sure, being a yelling mom, right? You have to have had that experience to where you are now.
1: Yeah. And I just want to say, like, there are still occasions where I yell at my kids and I really want people to understand that, um, when we yell at our kids, it means there's something inside of us that's that's triggered. We're feeling disrespected, it's bringing up an insecurity, or we're just kind of like overwhelmed and at a loss of what to do and how to handle our kids. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, learning to recognize what causes us to yell at the same time as fully accepting that this is how we are in the, the moment and there's nothing wrong with us. It just means that you know, there's something hurting inside of us Mm -hmm. that needs to be taken care of. So coming at ourselves with the same compassion and acceptance that we would our kids when they're learning a new skill is, is really, really important. So I know, you know, in terms of my journey and how I got here, I mean it never has felt good for me to yell at my kids even when I have done it and I know so many moms out there are trying so hard like you not to yell and feeling terrible when they do and so yes we want to work on our yelling because we want to build that we want to have a respectful relationship with our kids we don't want to trigger them we don't want them in fight flight or freeze mode or or anything like that and but but more than that we need to recognize that we are learning parenting and we are in a relationship with our children and nobody can trigger our insecurities like our kids. And yeah, and we are, they are our teacher in many ways and we can learn in those moments more about ourselves and dig a little bit deeper into healing some of our, our own issues and insecurities. So it's, it, you know, as much as we're trying to avoid yelling it's also a pretty awesome part of the parenting process if we can learn from it and heal from it. and And also, when we do screw up and and yell and and make mistakes and and make our kids feel bad, that's also an opportunity for us to show our kids how to handle it when we do mess up and like what to do after to yeah. kind of repair the relationship. And so that's still setting a great example for our kids and they're also seeing you try different things and not and hopefully not get discouraged that you keep like if you keep, do keep you know yelling or or having frustrated. or yeah feeling frustrated they see you learning and trying and that's such a valuable skill that you're modeling that's such a
0: good reminder that we are learning parenting. It is an ongoing process. It's not something where one day you wake up and you're like, I have arrived as a mother. I've got it all figured <laughs> out. No matter what you throw at me today, I know exactly how I'm going to handle it. And I think that as moms, we definitely need that reminder because it, it can feel frustrating and overwhelming, especially when something you've tried before isn't working now.
1: Yes. So where do we start with all this? Yeah. Well, and and i love what you just said there because it is parenting is constantly changing we have never arrived we never will arrive and our kids are growing and there's different stages each child is different like there is it it is it is ever changing which is why i really you know there's so many strategies and tactics out there that um we can use like you just said like um, you know, some, some of them are really great and they do work or then they stop working and you're just right. kind of at a loss. Um, I really like to teach people using a framework, which you ma- mentioned in the beginning with the title of my book. It's, it's more of like, how do we look at this? Okay. If that's not working, how do we kind of take a step back and observe and assess what's going on and know what to try differently? So rather than just trying to like memorize strategies and try to kind of hope we remember those in the heat of the moment learning to take that step back and look observe assess and tweak and sometimes that can happen in the moment and sometimes you're going to have a big blow up and after the fact you're going to be like okay let's just step back and like look at how this scene right. like almost like a movie scene plays out in front of you like what what was going on with your child what was going on with you and you can just kind of really take back, take that step back into observer mode. So you're not completely immersed in it. Um, And so using a framework is really, I think the way to go just because it gives you that tool to step back and assess. And then you, and it's applicable at every stage and every age and with every child, because it's a really a tool to help you Assess what's going on, rather than saying if X happens, then do Y. Right. Like a formula, right? <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> so, I mean, you mentioned before that we can use some
1: of these blow-ups as
0: teaching moments, and I'm assuming that the framework plays into that a little bit. So, tell us more about the framework.
1: Yeah. Um, so, really, the framework is there's if if we think about parenting. We want to understand our child better, which a lot of us have done work on trying to understand, like positive parenting and what you know what puts our child into that fight fight or flight mode and all of that stuff. We want to learn more about ourselves and what triggers us and like what we can do to stay calm and level headed and what our needs and boundaries are and all of those things. And then it's about bringing. Those two like you're bringing the two people together in a f uh, like you're communicating you're in a relationship yeah. with your child and you are learning to communicate with each other so and and then it's about tweaking and or assessing and tweaking um and so and then building habits around sort of what is working or building habits around that that assessing and evaluating things, so the framework is really. Um, If you imagine um, almost like you're taking a picture of the scene Uh and you're zooming out and you're putting it in a frame so you can just see it from a different perspective. So it lets you know what questions to ask yourself. Um, It helps you think about things in certain categories like, do I have, is this a boundary issue that I'm just not being clear on my boundary or I'm not even clear to myself yet I'm expecting my kids to follow the rules. Like tidying up is a great example. Like we. Like, like we, I, I mean, I am guilty. I have different rules from day to day on what's required to be tidied up. <laughs> Today, that is annoying me. Yeah. Today, I want it, it all cleaned up. Yeah, I get it. Um, so, like, what's a boundary issue? Where is it that our child just needs, you know, they've maybe are struggling with attention or control or they feel really disconnected with you? Where can we, we build some of that? So it's, it's, it's learning which questions to ask and how to think about things in terms of almost different categories rather than like, okay, how do we deal, deal with hitting? You're almost like, okay, what's, what happened in this scenario that caused the hitting in the first right, place?
0: Right. Like getting to the root of the problem versus just Band-Aid fix on yeah, the
1: symptom. Yeah. And yeah, definitely getting to the root of the problem and also just knowing how, knowing how to figure it out. Does that make sense? Like just knowing how to like kind of assess what's going on. Like people pay me to do that. Like I want to teach you how to do that. (laughs) Yeah, right. No,
0: I love that. It's definitely um, such a a gift. And really, honestly, that's like how you change the world, right? Is one mom at a time. So if you can empower moms to have a framework to use in these moments. And I mean, let's face it. These moments are pretty much constant when you're with your kids. Absolutely. It's definitely a game changer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love just, I mean, I love just empowering moms to think about their kids differently and their relationship differently and and themselves differently. Like just what we were mentioning about yelling, like it's not that you're screwing up your child every time you yell. It's just that you're learning alongside your child and it's totally okay. And if you don't like it, just, okay, what, what, how do you want, how do you want to handle this in the future? And then working towards those goals.
0: So I want to talk about how we're not screwing up our kids in a second, but just getting back to the framework. Is it like, how many steps is it? Like how, tell me a little bit more about how we
1: apply it.
0: And now let's take a quick break.
1: it brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the I'm on podcast with new episodes every Monday. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of tricky to explain. I have like in, if in my course, my parenting mastery program, um, it's like a one pager checkbox. list of like, okay, what to look for. Here's some questions to ask. Everything is structured around your goals and your values and the higher purpose of what you're trying to achieve. So say you have like this issue of, um, not wanting your kids to snack before dinner, but you, you say don't grab snacks and they run in and grab snacks from the cupboard and, and you have that issue. So we want to look at it, okay, like, what is the higher purpose of your rule there? Is it that you want them to eat di- eat the dinner you're making because yes. you've put a lot of work into it? Yes. Is it that you're trying to get healthy food in them? Like, like, and sort of zeroing in on, like, what exactly is the point of your rule? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are clear on the purpose, it's going to be easier to be consistent because now it's not just chasing your kids down because they took a snack from the cupboard. It's going to be like, okay, I am trying to instill the value of healthy eating or respect for the person cooking or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And you can hold that higher purpose. And you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. It's not that I'm having this one battle or this, this one thing i'm chasing down this is like the bigger picture of what right. i'm doing okay and and then it's it's easier to stay consistent and then everything like all of the the things that we talked about with the framework in terms of like understanding yourself and that would be understanding like the higher purpose and the values of what you're trying to instill in your child what is it your child is doing like why are they going in the cupboard is it because you know they haven't eaten in 3 hours and they're actually legit hungry or is it that you know they've been told what to do at school all day and they just you know they kind of want to be in charge right now and they don't want to listen to anyone else anymore is it that like everyone's just got home rushing to get dinner they're they've haven't seen you all day they're kind of starved for attention and maybe the solution then is to like spend 5 minutes with them when they get home to really connect with them and then they won't have to do something else to get your attention so right. It just, it it all starts with the higher purpose of what you're trying to achieve and then building it out from there in terms of how you then handle the solution. And sometimes for some moms, it's going to be like, I just want to cook in peace. I don't want to chase them down. So it helps them recognize that, okay, my priority right now is actually just having some peace and quiet to cook dinner. And you know, if they're grabbing something healthy from the cupboard, I don't actually care.
0: Right. Like I don't need to make that into a, a battle. Yeah. So do you, do you recommend we communicate that higher purpose with our children? Like the reason this rule exists is because I want you to eat your dinner that I've just, for <laughs> thirty five minutes. Yes. Or, or do you like, I mean, yeah. I maybe I guess it depends on the age of your kids as to whether they can really understand the correlation. Right.
1: Well, you know what I, I would share it with them if it feels like you need to share it with them. Like, yeah, we're, I, and, and sometimes that doesn't need to be in the heat of the moment that can be like Mm -hmm. after. And it often works better after of like, Hey, I've noticed like every day I say, you don't, I, you know, I don't want you having snacks and you grab snacks and that's, that's causing a problem. And here's why I don't want you to have snacks. And we can, with some older kids, you can kind of talk through it with some younger kids. You can just kind of explain like, Hey, we're not going to eat snacks and I know it's hard and our bellies are hurting or whatever it is. We're, you know, have some water, we'll fill it with water and we can wait. And, and also like, you know, hunger, um, you know, most of us live in areas where that, that hungry feeling is not going to kill us. Right. Exactly. So it's learning to live with that discomfort and, and learning their body, body cues as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, explaining the higher purpose. Um, I even would explain things to my babies, some because it helps. It also helps me solidify things in my brain and calm me down. So I don't think it's ever. I don't think it's ever too early to start explaining. But I don't. You know how much they understand at different ages uh, will vary.
0: I personally have always talked to my kids. You know in a sort of grown-up way. Like, I, I try to make them realize that they're, you know, important, and I do value their opinion, and I think it, it, it's true. It, like, solidifies what you're trying to communicate when you really actually try to communicate like you would to an <laughs> adult. So, yeah, that's awesome. I love that idea. Hey there, Supermom. Do you ever wish someone would come out with a step-by-step system on how to keep your shiitake together? Yeah, so have we. So at Your Ideal Mom Life, we came up with one ourselves. It's called Mom With Confidence, the Keep It Together system specifically for supermoms like us. And you can grab yours right now for $29 at youridealmomlife.com slash Confidence In two PDFs that you can download right now, You get a complete system that teaches you how to be better at balancing time with your kids and time for yourself, how to have more patience and less mom guilt, how to complete your to-do list each day, make time to exercise, create time to enjoy your family, and how to answer that dreaded question all moms hate, what's for dinner? This proven system will help you stay on track and get a handle on all the things. That means less mom guilt, more patience and more joy. So if you've ever stood in front of the fridge minutes before you're supposed to feed your family dinner and berated yourself for not having groceries, if you're looking at other moms like, girl, how do you have it all together while I'm over here on the hot mess express? If you wanna stop feeling spread thin and start getting time for yourself without the mom guilt, head on over to youridealmomlife.com momwithconfidence with confidence. And purchase yours today for just $29. So now explain to me why we're not screwing up our kids when we yell at them.
1: Yeah. Because um, I really need to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> well, so let's imagine that you parented perfectly. However you define perfect. You don't yell at your kid. You treat them with respect, all of those things. You can't control how they perceive what you're doing. You can't control how they interpret the world. And even some offhanded comment might hurt them or things like that. There's so much out of your control when it comes to your kids. And we all like we're not meant to live the in these perfect little bubbles we're not meant to live these perfect lives we i have found it really helpful to just go on the assumption that there is in some way shape or form i'm going to screw up my child they are, they're they're yes. they're going to um be complaining about how all mom did whatever when when they're older and we have this fear that they're going to do that but they probably are they probably are going to do it in some way and if you think back, and I don't know how your family is, but like in the evolution of parenting over time, like we are all learning from each other and building mm-hmm. off of our knowledge, and so like you know i'll I'll say something to my mom about being spanked as a kid, and she' was like, "At least you didn't get the strap like I did, <laughs> and like <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but but, but just like that's the been the evolution in our family of like you know, you're learning respect over generations and you're learning to heal over generations. And it's not going to be, it's not going to ever be perfect. You're always going to be working on it and your kids are going to learn from you and, and hopefully do better with their kids. And, and so like all of, you know, what we call screw ups are just, they're just part of the learning process and the evolution of our, I'll say our human species, but that seems very, but but, but it, it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, obviously, I want to make the distinction. We're not talking about verbally abusing our children. where We're constantly screaming at them and putting them down. That is a different thing. We're talking about the very natural reaction that many of us have when our children frustrate us, when they don't listen, and we finally lose our tempers. Because we, too, are human. We have emotions we need to experience. But it's just a relief to know (laughs) Because I, I do feel like sometimes when I do finally lose my temper with my daughter, I can see her flinch, yeah, and I'm like, oh I'm sorry. I not. Yes. and I do. I always apologize. I'm like, look i'm I'm sorry I lost my temper. This is why I was so upset because I asked you this many times and you weren't listening to me, and it was frustrating to me, et cetera. And I think you're right that she she's nine and a half now. My son is eight. I think both of them can see when. I'm learning like i'm th- that yeah. I'm processing a lesson before them, and I'm trying to teach them what it's like to to be a parent and to or and to just even be in a relationship like you said it people are gonna frustrate you, they're gonna break your heart, they're gonna make you cry, et cetera, and you know we have to all be okay with experiencing those emotions and then you know coming together and apologizing for our role in in the dispute, but yeah. it's um it is good to know that I'm probably not screwing them up with that.
1: (laughs) Well, and so like, if I I can't even count how many moms have said to me, like, especially with yelling, like, I just, I feel like I'm screwing up because they do, they see that flinch, they see that reaction, they see like the instant tears or Mm -hmm. that you, that they've scared their child. And, um, and it's not a good feeling because that's not what we're trying to do. It's just, we've, we've hit a wall in inside of ourselves and, and I think it's perfect what you're doing with like the apologizing and explaining and, and then working to do better. And even like there, like last week I, I, um, I was feeling really, really agitated and worked up with my kids and I'm like, I just need space. And, and that is very hurtful to my daughter, even just like, like, saying, I need some space away from you. And I'm like, I am trying really hard not to yell mm-hmm. and lose it. And I still love you. And I need right. some space. And, and it's hard to communicate in those moments, but our kids are like, we are modeling like we are modeling all of the things for our kids and they are learning from how we are trying to regulate ourselves. And, and also from the, I'm sorry's after, and just like, Oh, you know what? I, I messed up and yeah. here's how I'm going to do better next time. And I'm really sorry. And what can we do?
0: Right. And I, I think, you know, we don't want to model for them that they need to be perfect in any way. So exactly. we, they, I think it's a relief for them when they see us make mistakes and own up to it because they know that they don't have to be perfect either. Cause uh, listen, we talk about this all the time on this podcast. There is no such thing as perfect, but even if, there was a way to like pretend to be perfect. It's you're not doing anyone any favors by doing that really, especially your kids.
1: Totally. Yeah. I I 100% agree. They, they learn so much from our flaws and our mistakes and all of those good stuff. Cause they're learning how to be in relationships with other people too. And they're, they're going to have fights with their friends. They're going to do mean, mean things to Mm -hmm. other people. And we need to remember that they're learning too and we can we can model what that looks like
0: so along those same lines i know you say that when they lose their temper and yeah. they have a tantrum that's actually a good thing so tell mm-hmm. us more about that
1: yeah so emotions need to come out I agree so if they're always you know i i look at it like you know so many of us experience like Kids that are perfect little students all day at school, and then right. they come home, and there, you know, there are days where they are a nightmare and they're blowing yes. up. That's but my daughter, they, angel yeah. at
0: school, complete yeah. angel. And then yes. she's
1: sassy pants with me. Mm-hmm. So she's held it in <laughs> all day, trying to please everyone around her and be a good girl or a good, wh- however, whatever she, in her mind, needs to be the role she needs to be at school and at home she feels safe enough to let it out. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of like really, really crappy to be the one on the receiving end of that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's often moms, not always, but it's often moms. Um, and it's not that you're doing anything wrong is that you are a safe space for them to let out their emotions. And it, and if it doesn't come out it's going to come out as anger and resentment and like in other ways in other in other behaviors even so right. if it's not mm-hmm. going to come out as a meltdown or a tantrum it might come out as like aggression towards their sibling or right. um stubbornness cuz they feel so maybe out of control inside that they need to start controlling everything around them or or something like that so like that outlet of emotions can actually prevent other things from happening so that's okay
0: that makes so much sense and actually is kind of like oh well I'm glad that I have created a safe space I'm glad she feels loved I feel like my son sometimes has the meltdown at school so what does that mean is that does that mean he feels safe there or or is that inappropriate behavior that I need to correct
1: Oh, that's such a good question, and I don't have like a straight up black and white answer. But I actually think when our kids can express themselves at school, I think that's actually a good thing. And mm-hmm. and we have been programmed over our lifetime to only want good behavior at school yeah. and not to have that. And it's embarrassing if we have the kid that or whatever. You know, how like we I wonder mean, how yeah. it might <laughs> reflect on on us and our parenting. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's. I think it's actually a good thing if they are having emotions and safe to express or feel safe enough to express at school. What we can do, though, is we can help them understand their emotions better um, as they get older and like, OK, Certainly. there was this big meltdown at school or there was this fight with somebody else or this whatever happened. Like, OK, let's let's figure out like, OK, what were you feeling in that moment or like do you? Did you recognize any, maybe there's some early warning signs in their body. Like my son starts to like clench his hands and teeth mm-hmm. before he's like about to attack his sister. <laughs> so like sometimes there's like a physical, like um, there's something going on inside of you that leads up to a blow up of some kind. So learning to understand, like helping him understand himself better and then teaching him the tools like, okay, if he is struggling with his emotions, if he is struggling that someone was mean to him, or if he just wanted to like do something that he wasn't allowed to do, how do you want him to handle it in those situations? So that's coming back to that higher purpose of mm-hmm. like, okay, you, you, we know you, we don't want this behavior, what do we do want how do we do want them to handle conflict how do we do want them to express their displeasure or their disagreement with somebody else and yeah. then starting to teach and guide them in that way over time not expecting that it will necessarily right. happen all the time
0: i love the idea of of coming back to the higher purpose because sometimes i tell my kids like you never hit anyone and then i'm like unless unless they're attacking you yes. like, you know like i like i don't want them to be like you know, like jumped somewhere and they'd be like, no, I never hit anyone. Yeah. You know, and but if we could talk about the higher purpose, then we can put everything into context and it makes sense, you know, for them and for me too.
1: Yeah. And and I love that example because it's never black and white. Like there will be times where you might need to hit somebody. Mm -hmm. And there might be times where even the higher purpose of what you're trying to achieve might conflict with something else that you're like a higher purpose of something else. Like I remember um, a friend of mine trying to teach like respect for your body and um, had to do with like shampooing hair and like letting her daughter shampoo her own hair. This was like a, I think she was like a preschooler or something like that Um, and, or not letting people touch her body, but then struggled with that same, like, same thing with like okay, we need to get medication inside of this child, and right. like, and then we might need to not yeah. have like, like respect for her body in a different way. People. But exactly, like, like, exactly. So there's sometimes where it conflict. Like there's conflict within ourselves and and what we're valuing, what we're trying to achieve, and that's why. I, and, and that's I just want to say that that is normal. That is part of like the struggle. Of teaching our kids yeah, certain things struggle. and the struggle of parenting, because it's it's not a lot of black and white, it's a lot of, it's a lot of gray, and it's a lot of like figuring it out as you go. And that's why like using something like a framework, it just kind of brings you back of like, okay, this is why we are struggling. And even if you can't necessarily come to a resolution all of the time for something like as complex as like value struggle, of just like, okay, this is why it might not be clear to our kids Mm -hmm. because we're not necessarily clear ourselves. And this is how we might just proceed with navigating those, you know, those gray areas.
0: Yeah. I, I appreciate you saying that there is a lot of gray because there is. And I think sometimes we do lay down rules and discipline, um, as if everything's black and white and it's, and it's not. So that's a good reminder yeah definitely. so go, talking again about the framework, how do people get to to work with you or or get more information about what you're teaching?
1: Yeah, um, you can head over to my website. I have a free training on how to get your kids to listen without yelling threats or bribes. Awesome. So it's just parentingwithlindsay.com dot com forward slash free or you can go to the main site and there's a tab at the top that says free. and you can. Um, learn all about getting your kids to listen and more about the framework and my parenting mastery program where I actually teach you the framework and how to like fill in all of the gaps um, and and then you get some support as you as you do that and try to implement implement all the things with your kids. Awesome. Yes, yeah,
0: support is always good because I'm sure as you're going through the process, you probably people probably have questions. I know that I would definitely have questions, so that's great that you're available for that.
1: Yeah. And it's one thing to learn it and consume the content. And it's a whole other thing to apply it in real life with your kids. So yes, support is much needed. Yes.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Well, and I love that you have a free resource. That's awesome. So I'll make sure to put that link also in the show notes so people can just one click and get there. And then your book is available on Amazon. Is that right?
1: Yes, the positive parenting framework. It's on it's on Amazon. Yeah.
0: All right. So I'll I'll make sure to include a link to that too. Awesome. Well, you guys, I hope that. You have taken as many notes as I have. This has been awesome, Lindsay. I love having a candid conversation with another mom about things that we just don't often want to talk about, like when we blow our lids and yell at our kids and what what that means overall and, and how we can continue learning and continue improving as parents. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for this conversation. I really enjoyed it.
0: Well, that wraps up our conversation with Lindsay Ford. I know that you took a ton of value from it. Be sure to hop on over to her website to get your hands on that free resource. And we'll see you next time on the Love Your Mom Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you took something of value from it. If you liked this episode, please share it with someone you love, and it would mean the world if you would leave a rating or a review. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Your Ideal Mom Life on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I can't wait to be with you in the next episode of the Love Your Mom Life podcast.